All right. Welcome to Good to Geek Out. Uh, today we will be covering minorities in comic books, books specifically as a medium. Uh, this is editorial coming out of San Antonio, Texas. Hi, this is Jay coming out of California. That's on you. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, hi, Phil, um, out of California, LA. What's up, everybody? Rob Lucy coming at you today from beautiful Yuba City, California but hailing currently from Phoenix, Oregon. And speaking of Phoenixes, it is I, Robert Strotter, born from the ashes, here to run reviews with yous. Uh, coming at you from San Francisco by way of my mother. And uh, really, we're looking forward to everything. I don't really want to say that there's not going to be spoilers on here because I'm not sure what every, all is going to be covered, but I just want to let you know that either way, you should hit like, subscribe, and leave a comment about whose shaved head looks the best. And your favorite minority. <laughs> minority and your favorite minority superhero. Oh, about minority shaved head. All right, so... Um, I guess we'll just start it off. We're going to be talking about minorities in comics and whatever our interpretation is of that, our favorite characters, what these characters mean to the mythos, what they mean to canon, what they mean to society at large. This, this mythology, modern mythology. Um, so I focus pr particularly on Latinos, of course, because I'm Latino. I wear the shirt for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Um, Sunspot to vibe. We go all across the spectrum. We can be really rich. We can also be really gangster and poor. Um, it's kind of a thing that's been going on for a long time. It still goes on to this day and whatever. That's all I'm saying about it. So let's well, switch to are we on active speaker or are we on gallery now? No, we'll stay active for your points, and then when we go to the hodgepodge, we'll back and forth. I'll go, I'll go to the gallery. All right, so let's stick with numericals. One, two, three, four, five, and then boom. Those two, Jay. Okay. Oops, my bad. Um, like I said, this is Jay coming from L.A., California. Um, as... Minorities, I mean, I got a, I am African-American, so I support all my black heroes. I've got a bunch of them I like. Some obscure. I guess most popular ones that I don't like because what they stand for. But um, I would say that my favorite one, obviously, or what my friends know me for, is Night Thrasher. The Wayne Taylor Night Thrasher, because there was two of them from Marvel comic books and Black Lightning from DC. But those are my top two as far as minorities in comic books. 
So, hi, I'm Phil, hailing from LA. Uh, for minority superheroes, like, I am Latino, I'm Mexican-American, and uh, to be honest, I, uh, I have a... I I have a love-hate relationship with some Latino characters because of just how they were portrayed in 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 comics like it's it, some some uh some characters are portrayed in a way where it's really hard to like them especially since how they're written and like someone who uh who uh wrote a really great character was Felipe Smith who wrote Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. And honestly, that, that really, that's, that's one character who I saw and I said, you know what, this is a Latino character I can get behind. And then I got into Blue Beetle and so on, but like, it's getting better. In, in my personal opinion, it's getting better. Just, we have to get better writers. Yeah, good points. I uh, started reading comic. I'm a white guy. Uh, most of you are watching this can see that, but if you're just listening to it, I um, white as a snowflake, but have grown up in a very culturally diverse uh, group of friends uh, several of which are on here right now. And I grew up on comic books with these guys. Um, I think if I'm going to address the topic, um, you know, how the different uh, two big companies have handled minorities throughout, um, you know, their publication runs, uh, specifically for me growing up on the X-Men, uh, I didn't, you know, see it, but I started learning it. Um, you could see how they use that as an analogous role for, for their modern civil rights movement in so many different ways. Um, and I think what's great about that with, with Marvel is you could introduce that to some, you know, white kid in the middle of Iowa who had never seen a black guy in his life. And that could help him, re you know, he could relate to the, to maybe the white characters, but that he, at, at some point in time, he's going to bridge that to the civil rights movement and give him a different perspective. It was a, it was a nice inroad uh, to, to understanding uh, for, for a lot of young people. I uh, really appreciate that. But, you know, that being said, they've also done a lot of terrible things, as, especially in the, in the villains that they've used as far as stereotyping just about every race under the sun at one point in time or another and making them the villain. So I'm not just going to point to them as being like the shining light and helping. They've done a lot of bad things too, um, uh, but but mostly more good than bad. And uh, I, I I think they they've been um, a a way to enlighten a lot of people uh, in a in a very subtle way. So I, I appreciate that. And um, if if they didn't have the friends that I had, maybe they could read it in a book and understand that. Everyone's making some awesome points and great reasons of why we love the characters we do and the fact that representation does mean so much. It means a lot for those who are being represented. And as Lucy speaks to, it means a lot for people reading it who don't have exposure otherwise. One of the greatest things about Marvel um, was when Peter Parker goes to Empire State University 
they just start putting black characters, black students in the background. Like they don't make an issue. They don't make that like the one black friend that he has and all of this. They're just they're they're black and they go to school and, and there's so many implications in that one drawing, that one little bit of representation that doesn't need dialogue or anything. Um, Cause obviously the world's not quote unquote ready for that, but it just shows you that cosmopolitan metropolitan attitude that living in New York almost by via these characters allowed for uh, just like Jay uh, when I was coming up, Let's see, when I was coming up, I liked getting all the new hip hop. Like my dad liked all the jazz, and I look at uh, Avengers and I look at Fantastic Four and X Men to a degree as that jazz. And I wanted my hip hop, and New Warriors was that hip hop. It was the thing that was coming out for me for that generation. It was that tape getting dropped, and the fact that it was led by a black kid who was fucking a dope ass version of Batman. Um, a 90s version of Batman. Um, and again, being black wasn't the core defining feature of his character. He had a lot of fucking issues going down and they definitely dealt with race, but that was never what he was about. And a lot of times, a lot of these characters falter because when they're presented, the reason they don't ring true is because they're hollow and there's nothing that resonates with anyone when you see them except for representation. Um, outside of that, uh, I would like to say very interestingly, Storm and Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel, two very strong black women. Uh, they reminded me a lot of the women at my church. And again, um, their defining characters aren't around the fact that Storm is African in America, truly African American. And the uh, and the metaphor and the analogy like Rob is saying in regards to civil rights and the adaption, but truly they're dealing with this concept of the immigrant because African Americans look at different, look at African Americans in a different way. And so it just gets to that interconnectivity and, um, and prejudice that can happen within a culture itself that just kind of still gets addressed. And Monica Rambeau is just dope because when she ends up taking over the Avengers, Dr. Drew is being a straight dick and she's just like, uh, yo, check shit dog don't you see i'm running this i know how to make calls they wouldn't have put me in charge if this wasn't it it's a democracy um so again it was just like dope bits of representation uh all right nice let me take a piss real quick and then we'll just do the i'm put on gallery right now and then we'll just start whoever whoever has a point or something they want to say you know, go for it. And then we'll just kind of bounce back and forth and then it will change. Uh, I want to say something. Phil, I got first Latino superhero if you don't. Um, well, oh, um, I was going to agree. I was going to agree with you uh, as far as uh, Strider goes. Um, as far as when I came up, um, not that much in age. Um, I'm, I'm 38. And, uh, when I was reading comic books, you know, I was reading the X-Men and, you know, reading comic books, I didn't see much black, you know, representation, 
you know, to you to your detriment, to the points of uh, first off with Storm and uh, Monica Rambeau. Um, Monica, I, I I like them. Monica Rambeau is like my my, my favorite black female. I, I love her. And yeah, you know when she called the Avengers, you know she was a good leader. My problem is is that you know she doesn't get much representation and. I can go into the whole Captain Marvel movie thing. Totally, totally. You know, where they made her a child. That really, that really pissed me off right there. And I am not against that. And the reason I'm not against that, I 100% hear you, is because the fact that they set up, um, the fact that they set up Hank Pym's daughter to be stature possibly in the future. So stature and Monica Rambeau's Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel, I, I can see teaming up and being a thing. That's what I was thinking that they were kind of seeding. But I totally hear you in the fact that you have this awesome opportunity to present this character fully formed and and it's kind of squandered. It is. Um, Storm, you know, Storm is like, she's basically the first black female in there, but, the, but she's limited because she's part of a team. Like, you don't see no, you know, she had, she never had an original run. I wish she broke out of her own. I want to speak on and, that, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I wish right. she broke oh, Go ahead. Uh, you're 100% right. Uh, one of these things that I find frustrating is that uh, just like the sidekick phenomenon that was rife throughout the MCU where everyone had to have a black sidekick. Um, Magical Negro. A magical Negro that that can solve all their problems with their wisdom and their yep. and their secret savage dark land uh, uh, knowledge, and you see that in comic books to the point where no one is solo. Black Panther holds his title his own, but outside of that, um, even when they hand the baton to Rhodes or they hand the baton to uh, the new Miss Marvel there's just such a, a reticence to, to accept that these characters can, can be accepted and be fully formed and stand on their own with their own titles. They've always got to be part of a, a super group. They've all, no one can ever be Biggie Smalls. Everyone's got to be Little Kim. Exactly. Let me speak on that. See, the thing is, I love Marvel better than, uh, I, I like Marvel better than DC, but I will say that DC does black representation a little bit better than Marvel. I mean, my top two heroes are basically, I mean, and be surprised I mean, because uh, whenever people ask me who are my favorite black heroes in Marvel, they, they, they expect me to say Luke Cage. No, I don't like him. I, actually, I despise him. <laughs> I, I, I mean, War Machine, I don't like him either. And, and you know, or they expect me to say Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson, I gain respect for. But it's like what you said, you know, they do this whole magical Negro thing where they have to support somebody. Sam Wilson used to be able to support Captain America. Whenever he thought of the Falcon, they even made a joke about that. They even made a joke. Whenever, whenever Sam Wilson would show up to a team, they'll ask him, hey, where's Captain America at? Until he broke out on his own about several years ago. Same thing with War Machine. War Machine, oh my God. And Eduardo, you were here for this because I was arguing with my friend. I was arguing with one of my friends and he loves Iron Man. And I was like, oh my God, War Machine is the biggest 
<laughs> he's the biggest coon ever. I'm like, the, 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 I wanted to give this guy a chance. But when this guy sat up here and got his got his armor, his armor jacked by Frank Castle, almost it blew my it blew my fucking mind. It, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, who's writing this? Who I want him so bad to break out on his own because he's a marine. He's a marine. I mean, and I, I want to see him do good, but it's like whoever's writing him makes him look like crap. And with Luke Cage. He has his whole 70s thing going for him. And he, you're black, so you understand where it's like, I don't like black exploitation. And Luke Cage represents a type of black exploitation, which I do not like. And it's like, he's common amongst people where it's like, you don't see this guy go up. And he, he represents a form, I don't know how to put it, but Luke Cage, dude, his roots are in black exploitation. It's like uh, it Shang Chi is uh, kung fu exploitation from the seventies. That's all. That's all. It, it is. is. That's their roots, man. Stan Stanley ran with whatever was popular and exploited the shit out of that. And I totally hear you in the regards to the black exploitation aspect and uh, ghost writing, as it were. Uh, the fact that they use Sweet Christmas and it ends up becoming a joke. Like it ends up coming out on the other side as a joke that you own because you're just like, all right, like this is crazy. But I will say for me, the friendship between Luke Cage and Danny Rand was a big thing. Rob Lucy, one of my best friends, like the ability for them to put things to the side and come together and uh, always have each other's back meant a lot to me in regards to uh, interconnectivity and making bridges. You got anything to say on that, Lucy? Hold on, hold on, wait. So did you and Lucy ever walk the streets thinking you were heroes for hire, like as young children? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's, dope. That's fucking dope. That's awesome. You've seen my tiara. <laughs> um, yeah, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. you know, I'm thinking about uh, Luke Cage and, and Iron Fish. Danny Rand, um, I really like, uh, I, I like Danny Rand as a character growing up. As I look back on it now, when he was developed, um, Stanley, you know, saw Bruce Lee as popular and needed a, a Bruce Lee and wanted to uh, Dan Carradine him in, into the comic books and turned him into a white guy. But that doesn't necessarily, it's, it's not right, but it doesn't, doesn't necessarily make him like a bad character in the long run, I suppose. Um, if you have good writers, good writers, you know, can make or break a character. Lucy, <laughs> let me let me ask you a question as the yeah. only white guy here. Who's the most offensive minority character in comics that you, yeah. uh, that you in your in your estimation? Oh, oh, well, that's that's really no, uh, that's an easy one. The Mandarin. I was going to say. Looking back on the Mandarin, that. like if you want to like <laughs> really bad <laughs> racial stereotype. Oh, hey, hey do you know do you know who the tarantula is from Spider Man? Yeah, I do. Oh, I do. I know who the tarantula is, Spider-Man. You mean La Tarantula? Yeah. Mustache every two seconds. <laughs> but the thing is about the Mandarin is that you have to understand, like, if you put that moniker on anybody else, that's like the Mexican. Like that's, <laughs> that's it. Like that's his name. That's his villain name. His villain name was just the Chilean. Like, like, boom, that's it. If that's you it. look back at, uh, and this is where Marvel and all comic book companies have failed. If you look back on the original run where uh, Iron Man's going up against the Mandarin and, they, and they, they 
first start going out, the villains are so stereotyped Chinese drawn, and the Mandarin is really not too far off of that. Um, and then they recycled the same idea when they came out with the movie with with the uh, uh, you know with the the Muslims or or Arab population too. I don't want to get too much into the movies, but um, yeah, they, they 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 haven't always been the shining white you know li or, boy, that's a bad point to put it, but, yeah, they've made some they've made some bad mistakes and i mentioned it nice nice move white guy try to use your language to to fucking make moves on our mind we see how you fucking work way to white explain it yeah so they've done they've done a wonderful job with a yeah, lot no, of yeah. their heroes and they they continue to do it it hasn't always been perfect and it's not going to be perfect because we're all subjective but they have straight abused the villains and and just thrown stereotypes on top of them and long yeah they, I, I'm, there's other ones out there i could go on but the mandarin is like ooh, nah, like yeah, looking back at those original that. mandarin comic books it's painful to read some of that stuff like ah they, they i'll, I'll really put, I'll put some of those pictures of those issues on here and it's going to be offensive to everybody but I'm gonna i got it. a question for eduardo and philip no no oh yeah i was gonna ask philip something but go ahead okay i got a question for you guys and and this is i mean i've had some uh you know, regards to, you know, this question, uh, I got a question for you. Are you guys offended by this guy? If not, if you are, why or why not? I'm going to put out a name there. Okay. El Diablo. Oh. Because I'm offended the, for you. I'm you offended asked, for you. No, no, you asked the perfect question because Phil actually likes the character and I despise him. So... I, My reason is he's just – I feel like he's a stereotype. I do appreciate that it's one of the first Latino characters on screen. Um, but he's very – he's written one-dimensional. Like, kind of like what we're talking about in these comics when these characters are written. You have a really bad writer who's writing a character, and I felt like that's what happened with him. He could have been better, but he was just like a, a cholo with powers, like – those aren't, they're not good guys, usually. <laughs> why, yeah, why, why can't it just be like a normal Latino kid that skateboards and goes to school or something? Why does it got to be like an ex-prisoner or something? You know what I'm saying? But it was Suicide Squad, so it does make sense. So I get it in that sense. But if you're asking me a question personally, it offends me. What about you? Okay, so for me, I the, the reason I liked it, or at least him as a character in the movie was yes that that was like the one of the first representations that i got as a latino in a film of superheroes like uh, the, the thing is that marvel one of the biggest like franchises there is in film and and comics like they 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 uh they overlook latino characters and that's why i'm a big bigger fan of dc dc like one of the one of the green lanterns they have green lanterns of everything they 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 john stewart i mean he's he's what one of the most popular green lanterns that there is right now just because of the cartoon, right? Uh, Kyle Rayner, who Hal Jordan in the comic books has said, you know what? You're the strongest one of us all. 
he's like the most powerful Green Lantern. The the dude is like a half Mexican uh, artist, you know. So like like that that more DC just I I feel represents better. And the thing with what happened with Diablo, what happened with Diablo was I liked him in the movie because of, again, the first representation of a Latino, but also because he, he uh, yes, he was a stereotype cholo, but in the end, he, he, uh, he became like more and a hero and tried to defend the people he was with, right? His, his new friends or family or whatever he wanted to claim it was. It could have been written better. Wholeheartedly agree. Could have been written better. Let me ask you, Phil, did you feel like it was the, the black guy dying in the horror movie? Uh, El, Dia El Diablo was a superhero Fast and Furious movie, and he was the only one starring in it. Like, he was missing... <laughs> Whoa, he was missing whoa, the rest whoa, of his yeah. crew. Whoa, that's cold. What? Was he Dominic Toretto? <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a great analogy. That's amazing. Yeah, that was good. That was really good, honestly. Oh, All right. Yeah. Phil, let me ask you, since you kind of haven't been as much as everybody else. Um, who are the characters that offend you in Marvel and DC that are Minority. It doesn't have to be Latin, just minority in general. Kind of the same question I asked Rob, but I think your answer would be slightly different. Fuck. Okay, for DC, uh, Connor Hawk. Because what? just the, the, the fact that it, it, he offends me for the fact that they didn't write him well enough. His, the writing of him what offended me wholeheartedly because they could have done it better they could have done it way better they could have like given him a story that they gave oliver queen but they didn't they 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 just made him a, a afterthought so he it, it pissed me off Damn, frankly whoa, 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 hold up hold up uh let me come in on this i'm a green arrow fan myself um i also am a connor hawk fan as well um, I don't know if you're familiar with Green Arrow's second run in 1988 with Mike Grell, um, which I I do own, um, 137 issues of of him. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 going there. Um, <laughs> the, the the story shifted from from Oliver Queen to Connor Hawk. Now I do understand his story that you know his 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 mom um his mother is uh Sandra Moonday Hawk. And um, Oliver died. Oliver died in a plane crash. Uh, he couldn't get out. The story. They they actually transitioned him into being the new Green Arrow. Um, the, um, they got action figures on him, so he received a big push. He received a big push. Uh, also, the story followed in through um, other runs of the Green Arrow, Black Canary. The only reason, the only reason why you didn't see him, I will say, I will agree with you to an extent. You did not see him in the New Fifty Two. But in other issues, no, he played a part in the Justice League. So I, I actually did like his story on, on that. I mean, he's a mixed – I'm thinking um, his mom was black. No, so um, that, okay, let me get on that. That's what kind of stood out about me 
there are not a lot of mixed heroes. Yep. Like, like you are what you are. You are black. And that's one of the reasons why Miles Morales came out and he's got a black dad and a Puerto Rican mom. And you, and I was just like, cause for even me, I didn't even think about, I had never thought about it. My girl is half Armenian and half Indian. And she's like, you understand that in America, even black and white mix is a default setting. Like that's the only thing that people kind of check and think. And so the fact that they even had two uh, two oppressed groups end up being his parents just like added this extra layer and Connor Hawk I think does the same thing because Oliver Queen has always been an outspoken at we'll say liberal views at at best uh, leftist views uh, for those who don't agree with him and the fact that they were just like cool like we can use this character as an opening because we can show that even open white liberal guys have trouble understanding black culture and it it was cool it was a family affair he also spoke um might i add that oliver queen uh he's my favorite uh dc hero um the one thing about him yeah he was outspoken he he didn't understand certain things but the one thing that i do like about him is that he owned this stuff i mean he owned his his mistakes like he was not there for Connor Hawk, and he straight up admitted that. He he even told him, "I was like, I don't deserve a, a second chance with you, you know." But Connor Hawk was like, "Hey, you're my dad," and he made the ultimate sacrifice. He made the ultimate sacrifice for him when he, he gave him the title. He made sacrifices for Connor and for Roy. He did Roy wrong when he was on drugs, so he gave up his invitation to Roy for, to to the JLA. And when he died in the plane crash, the title of Green Arrow was given to Connor Hawk. So I felt that they did give him a push. Now, I will agree with you on one thing. They gave him a push to an, to an extent. Um, before the New 52, yes, he was getting that push. I mean, the guy, the guy, he's got an action figure. He's got a couple of action figures. So, yeah, they were pushing him. They were pushing him just as much as they pushed Kyle Rayner, just as much as they pushed Wally West. He was starting to fit into that second-generation or third generation of heroes, the second generation is like the Titans, like, you know, the Donna Troy, Dick Grayson. So I felt that he got his due. Now, did they not give him enough representation during the New 52 and the Rebirth runs? I will agree with you to that extent. Also, I will add in, in the TV show, which I have a love-hate relationship with that TV show, which is Arrow, because they misrepresented Black Canary and they misrepresented Oliver's son. Oliver's son, we all know Oliver's son named Connor Hawk, but for some reason, his, his son's name is James Clayton, which I don't know why the hell that was. But they And Bronze Tiger got with Sandra Moonday Hawk, and Bronze Tiger had a son named Connor Hawk. I, I don't understand that, but it's CW. But I would agree with you to that extent that, you know, I disagree with you, but I agree with you. I disagree with you on the point that they did not do Connor Hawk justice, but I will agree with you that they did Connor, Connor Hawk justice to an extent to the last two runs of green arrow, the new 52 and the rebirth era. No, they didn't mention him. And I thought that was messed up. But before that, Oh no, they did some service to Connor Hawk. I love Connor Hawk. He's a, he's a great part of team team arrow. He reminds me of a mixture of uh, Jason Todd, maybe, maybe a little bit of Tim Drake. A little bit. Uh, yeah. Phil. 
What was yeah. the uh, other person you were going to say? For DC or Marvel? Marvel. Whoever. whoever. It was Marvel and DC had asked. For, for, for Marvel, I think everyone knows I'm not much of a Marvel guy. I'm not a big Marvel guy. And all I can say, all I can really put into words is what I've heard from you guys. Like, but like, that's not really fair because I, I don't have a real hate, like dislike or hate, let's say, for any character because I don't know a lot of history of Marvel. I, I try to drown myself in DC history and lore. So let, me like, ask, let me ask you this, um, because I know that you've stomached your way through the MCU as much as you hate Marvel. But with that said, how do you feel about the portrayal of the magical Negro, of the sidekick, perpetual black, um character black superheroes always on the come up and never quite ever earning their potential i mean the avengers endgame literally ends with uh falcon not reaching his potential yet um like he never gets actualized what do you think about that i mean the same can be said for roadie he never got actualized in fucking endgame like they killed off Iron Man, and that's it. Like, what's he going to do? Like, he's done for the series. Like, are they going to include him in more movies? No. It's, it's, it's infuriating. And, like, honestly, like... like it, Would you say it's Nick-furiating? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, could you hopefully they could do him some justice like Sam Wilson. They could do him some justice in a Falcon and winter soldier. Hopefully they can, but like you never know because it's, it's, it's difficult when you have people in Hollywood who like, honestly, like, they they they'll uh, they'll honestly hire a white guy to write a, a a black character and and honestly it's it's not no offense to anyone that's but like, the way it has been done. I know since, it is since they've been making but, comics. But um, that, 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 that's let me ask thing. you this question because a lot of times we don't think about this character as being Marvel, but obviously everyone's like, well, you know, the MCU really started with Blade, and so with that said, I assume you've seen the Blade movies. Yeah. How do you think about that portrayal? They did the best they could with with Wesley Snipes, who honestly, as great of an actor as he is, he he has an attitude that is to his detriment. Because it, it I, from what I've are learned, you say, wait, are you saying his off-screen attitude affects your on-screen feels about him? No, 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 no. Like for on screen, I think it was like beautifully done in the the first two. The oh, third what? one, the Trinity, the Trinity's the dopest. The Trinity is when they throw all seriousness out the fucking window, and they're just like, "What the hell? What are we doing here? Let's just we're, we're getting off comic books here." I just want to mention we're getting off comic books and going. Uh, into oh yeah, we we are, but like, the, the the just the fact the the fact is that that like. The, the it goes for uh, for comics as well about writing. Like there's there's a lot of great writers out there in in the in like 
who are, are are black, Hispanic, Asian, and they don't get enough uh, push in the comic book world because there's there's like the history of like you know some of the greatest writers are Grant Morrison and all this stuff and and the thing is that that we should add, give a chance and i don't know it, it's hard it's it's really hard because i guess it's up to the consumer to uh to seek out these these minority uh writers and support like i uh i recently bought a a, a book by kami smith now kami kami oh what's her fucking last name god damn it but i forgot her last name oh my goodness but we'll edit it, it was, in don't worry we got we got the, we got you covered in post just just mouth it real quick be like tammy smith and we'll just <laughs> boom we'll just drop it but, she she wrote a Raven comic book, and honestly, it it's great. And I'm waiting to get her Beast Boy comic book, and it's 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 more of a, a graphic novel, but it's it's um it's it's it it made me think we should there's stories being told outside of the dc and marvel that there's minority writers out there that we should be supporting more of her name is kami garcia sorry about that but she um she wrote a great story for raven and well yes like i i would love if she would write a hispanic character it it's just her introduction into that world of writing for a for a hero. I want to speak on that though, but that but there's a power in that too, where they're not like, "Hey, you're this minority; you have to write this character." And totally. and there's definitely something about the validation that comes with that. And I totally agree with you. Hopefully, she'll be able to use her platform and her ability to sit at the table and be like, "Cool, I've got this idea." of a Latin, Latino character, Latinx character that I would like to introduce that would work with the style. But I totally, I totally hear you. And I think that, that it's dope that she's on a, a, a larger, more recognized project because there are so many great minority, um, regardless of uh, race or gender or orientation, whatever it may be, most of them are in indie comics and you have to scour through the indie section to find them. And a lot of times they're not your traditional cape heroes. They're more, uh, more cerebral comics dealing with real social issues. Or if they are minority hero comics, they're dealing with it in a more uh, nuanced and complex way that I like to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. shout out to Quantum yep. Woody on that point. But uh, let's go round robin and just what you think comics is doing right for minorities right now. Uh, I'll just say... Damn, Lunella Lafayette, Luna, Moon Girl. If anyone's ever read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, amazing, amazing. I read that. I love her. She's just a she's just a little smart girl. This, this, um, this, um, the smartest person in Marvel. Yes. Yeah. Correct. That's yeah. What, that's what it's doing right for little girls, little kids, any anybody. What about Riri Williams? 
That, that was too easy. That was too easy. I wasn't going to go there, but you could take that. <laughs> I don't know why people don't like Riri. I don't know why she doesn't sell. Um, I don't know if the Tony Stark hangover is happening where people want Peter so bad to take over. Um, I don't know where it comes from. Maybe the fact that Tony is the Anne Randian wet dream come to life in a suit of armor. And so he really appeals to a lot of uh, right-leaning characters and the idea of having his mantle taken over by a black female is extremely just upsetting at a core level. Cause she's, I think very interesting and, and well done. The, uh, the thing on Disney plus, what the secret invaders. Oh, the shorts. Yeah. The shorts and what not the way that she's presented in that, I think is really, really cool too. She's cool. Um, detrimental to, let me say some detrimental to what Philip said about some of the characters that's not getting their push. Um, yeah, you got a point starter with Riri Williams. I mean, it, see, it depends on the people. And depends on if the if you can sell to the people. I'm gonna name another character, a black character from a black writer. Uh, if you're familiar with Kevin Grebix, um, he played as Rays from uh, Underworld, from the first two Underworld movies. I think yeah, three, uh, no, the first one and the third one. And he wrote a character um, that goes by the name of uh, Doctor Adam Brashear, A.K.A. Blue Marvel. Now, a lot of people, they up there saying they have, you know, the hitman of Marvel or the strongest character is Hulk. But uh, from what I gather, the um, Century took out Hulk in the, in, you know, the world, the World War Hulk. Um, but Blue Marvel took out the Century. And uh, Blue Marvel is like, he, he's basically the African-American Superman of Marvel. But uh, doesn't he have a kid now that they say might be more powerful than, than Franklin? Richard? Yes. Uh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But also, also he, he's still a powerhouse. And the reason, um, the reason why you didn't see him, his storyline, like Kevin, like I said, Kevin Grievich wrote him. Storyline was uh, that he, he fought around World War II, or he had a, he had a mask on. And um, the president asked him to stop being a superhero because he was afraid that the people would not like the fact that he was black. So he stepped down. He was like, here, I'm going to give you a purple heart. I'm going to give you a gold medal. Just uh, stepped down for a bit. And uh, he was criticized by Luke Cage out of all people saying like, oh yeah, we needed a black hero. Why didn't you fight for your rights? I'm like, I served this country. You know, I mean, I don't have to prove to you. Who are you to tell me what I'm, what I should have done? You were going around stealing cars and racketeering from people. So, of course, <laughs> you know. And I one mean, of the things I like about that is, like, like you had mentioned, the century, the fact that they're able to introduce this character and be like, no, well, he's been here the whole time, but how do you do it? In the century, they're like, oh, well, we made you all forget. He's so powerful, we made you, the comic book reader, forget that he even existed. And you're just like, come on, get the hell out of here. And we Marvel... <laughs> with his sharecropper background and uh, just very rooted in like the, again, the complexity and the hypocrisy that a slave, ba slave based, late capitalistic dying uh, husk of a nation 
uh, can put forth. And he does a fantastic job. And he has my favorite thing about all superheroes, that like that white. Oh, man, if I could just go gray right around the sides, I'd love that shit. <laughs> I like the fact that, Blue, um, like I said, Blue Marvel and Night Thrasher are, are, are my favorite two superheroes of uh, Marvel. And he doesn't get enough issues or he doesn't – he's seen in teams, but – I mean, honestly, if you put him in a, a, a limited issue, I mean, he could pretty much wipe out 90% of all the Marvel heroes if you, if you really think about it. I mean, he, if he took out the Sentry with one hand, he could have his way with the Hulk, no problem. You know, so Sentry beat the Hulk. Blue Marvel took him out. So, But at the same time, he does not get enough recognition. You know, he's a black writer, and he wrote like a black Superman character and he doesn't get enough recognition. So, Philip, I, I, I mean, I agree with you to that detriment. It, it, I mean, it depends. You're a writer on what you do with your runs, and if the people read them, and if they do good, then, yeah, they'll want more of them. I don't know why Riri sold. I mean, I like Riri, but I don't know why she sold. People just didn't like her, I guess. Now she's limited to being part of the champions. But, uh, Let me – uh. uh go back to Ed's original question here for a minute. I think what both comic book companies are doing really well um, recently is being able to rewrite and expand on legacy characters because we all know that these comic book companies were formed and selling to white America when they first started. We have Superman, Batman, uh, Captain America, and they built on that. We don't have a lot of black legacy characters or Hispanic leg legacy characters especially um but recently uh they've done the the multiverse with spider-man and added miles morales um uh they've been able to change things so um the current green lantern is jessica cruz <laughs> uh and and those are great things but as an audience and even you know at to phil Reyes's point the what responsibility does the audience have to 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 buy these comic books and things that are coming out um, because these companies are only going to survive if they sell those comic books. So you need great writing. Um, you need a mix of original characters and we need people to be able to buy into the, the switch that they're, they're playing with some of these characters making Thor female at the same time. The nice thing that they can do to, to, to prop themselves up is they can still keep those original legacy characters in the background. And they always have as, as hard as they've tried to switch them over. A lot of times they end up going back to that legacy character. Um, as a dad, I want to point one thing out. People exactly. were more upset about Thor being a woman than him being an alien or a frog. <laughs> Yeah, it, it got pretty stupid there. I mean, that talks to the, you know, that really speaks to the divisiveness of uh, social media in a lot of ways and people jumping one way or another and probably not even reading the stories that these people were, you know, you know, they just read it in the newspaper. Oh, Thor's a woman or, you know, they like, oh, Spider-Man's black. He's a black teenage Miles Morales and getting all uppity and uh, Captain, you could go down the list of things. Um, but if some of those stories are absolutely wonderful. It's up to us as consumers to actually go out and buy those stories and let other people know how good those stories are. And it's wonderful to see that the Spider-Verse, especially Miles Morales, has broken through to the next level. And not to mention the Black Panther. 
you know, one of the biggest Marvel movies ever. So there are uh, writers and directors that can make these things pop. And I think it should be given, you know, to minority readers to write minority characters. But again, devil's advocate, uh, let me ask you, Philip, what, what do you think, what, you know, what responsibility does that, does the company have to the audience or the audience have to the companies that produce this material? Oh, well, so you could look at it in two ways. You could look at it as a business decision where it's in the best interest of a company to grow with the times and give a voice to, to minority writers and let them, not let them, but like have them write these, these stories that, that like put a, put a, put a, like a light on, on their stories on characters of a certain color, right? That, that could be a financial way of looking at it, right? For a company to do that. Second, you could look at it as, as a moral right that they have because some of these characters are being looked at by kids, kids who grow up with these characters. And sometimes it's their, like, like I, I, I can't remember who said it, but like they, they, there's people who don't have a minority living in their in their neighborhoods they're they're living in in idaho or or x amount of places and they there's these characters who are minorities and these kids are reading this it gives them an idea it gives them it gives them something to look at right and the thing is that same thing with movies and which i'm not gonna get stuck on but with movies and comic books everything to, to stop putting a, a minority as the bad guy, it, 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 it's also something to look at where, like, in, in let, let's say in Black Panther, the, the film, like, like the, they did it right, where they did it, just, they just did it right, basically. But, like, when you're making a, a minority... Uh, a bad guy you're you're like what you're doing is you're 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 uh you're giving a little bit of a of a push towards someone who who uh, has a certain way of looking at people so so it, it like i said companies have a certain responsibility moral responsibility to these characters to the people they're writing to because it's not just the the adults or the or, or the people that grew up with this that 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 are adults now it's the kids who are now gonna look at this and they're, they're who knows there could be a a little kid in in la let me put you on pause there and and rewind just a second <laughs> i don't want to sound like a hypocrite on this um uh, i did mention i thought the most stereotypical marvel villain ever was probably the mandarin yeah, but also one of my favorite story arcs was Iron Man versus the Mandarin when I was growing up. Um, but now that I'm an adult and I can look back on that, I could say like, "Whoa, they really played up the the racial, you know, you know, distance between China and America 
and are they the new red threat at the time in, in pushing that propaganda? Um, and the comic book companies have definitely been used as propaganda tools for you know as long as they've been around. I, I want to ask Ed. Hey Ed, who do you think is the most uh, stereotypical uh, comic book character? Um, I want uh, before that. I just wanted to say that I do think you were lucky enough to have exposure to uh, other types of people where if you were like, like you said earlier, grew up in Iowa, then you're like, that's just how they are. That's who they are. That's your only exposure to them. So when you go, when you travel with your family to Texas or wherever, and you see your first minority, you're going to identify them with that character. So you're going to be like, oh, there's the Mandarin. He's a bad guy. And it's just some little Asian boy going to the bathroom next to you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's your only relation. Um, but, uh, most stereotypical character. Um, what's the name of the dude from, um, the super friends, the Mexican one, the one who just teleports, he pulls his, uh, cape over him. El Dorado, El Dorado. There we go. Either him or, uh. Are you are you talking a cartoon right all of a sudden? Yeah, but he's in the comics briefly. That's what I'm going with. Or no, that's it. That's all I got. Um, all right, let's just uh, where's Strutter get back and then we'll close. Hey, out. what what about you, Jay? What 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 has been like the most like just heinous, disrespectful villain that, that just like just got to your core? Like, oh, they're, they're that's playing. too easy. That's too easy. Ed knows what I'm about to say, too. The most disrespectful character to me that hurts me the most, and I want to take his combo. I, I wish he never existed. Spawn. Damn it. Spawn. I despise Spawn. I, I, I'm, I'm different from you guys. I'm, I'm sorry. Spawn is a very popular character. I, I, I see him in Mortal Kombat and I cringe. I want to throw something at the TV. I'm like, why is this guy here? Why? He's, he's uh, I'm, I'm sorry. As a black man, as an African-American man, that character is disrespectful to me. Period. He, 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 he hurts my soul. Every time I see him, I cringe. And, and, and I don't know if you want me to go into the reasons why, but there's, there's a reason why. I've, I've done this before. Three reasons. I'll talk with you about this, Strader. Um One, he's a black man, and he was sent as an assassin to kill people, and he got set up by a white man. And when he becomes Spawn, his face is disfigured. Uh, he's resorted to sleeping in the alley. Uh, he has the powers of hell. And he is resorted to watching his best friend have fornications with his wife. Only, only for, mm, now they have a Heaven's Army. Only for the leader of Heaven's Army to be the guy that set him up to kill him in the first place, which is Jason Wynn. I don't understand, as a black man, why does he have to have the powers of hell? And the guy that set him up, I mean, isn't heaven supposed to be good and hell supposed to be bad? And I'm like, okay. Hey, what, I mean, what, is, what is Jason Wynn's race? He's, he's a white guy. He's, he's, 
the white man. He looks he looks mixed in the in the in the anim, HBO animated series. I've never read the comic. No, well, well, he looks mixed. I used to read the comics, but the, the more and more I started reading it, it, it started to disgust me. And it, it, it's just like this is a bad re- misrepresentation. And I heard one long ago that Todd McFarlane he wrote he, he dedicated this comic to his best friend. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. If I was his best friend, I would have punched him in the mouth because I'm like, that's that's how you see me. You know, it's, 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 it's just certain things is wrong, wrong when you go into the deep, the deep meaning of this. And a lot of people look at it and he's like, oh, man, he has cool powers. He's he has exoskeleton. He has cool powers. Todd McFarlane, he designed Spawn like Venom. Props to him on Venom. I give him that. You know, you see a lot of similarities between Venom and Spawn. But when you look at the deep, deep story and I look at it, it pisses me off because, you know, it's, it's it's just certain little things, you know, it's him being disfigured, it, you know, it's it, it's his wife being slept with by, you know, he, he it's like, it's like I'm reading a tragedy. Yeah, and he's I a don't want to pile too much onto that, Jay, but uh, if you've read like around issue 150, the true reason he went to hell is they wrote in there that he beat his wife so bad when they were alive, she had a miscarriage. Yeah, it got, well, that's it, well, 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 it got well, dark. Thank you. It got dark, for that. Dark. You know what? I missed that part. But you know what? Now that's that's doesn't another surprise reason. you though, does it? So no, it, it does. I mean, it does surprise me, Rob. But it doesn't because no. they always want they want to write the black man as beating up the black woman. Like no, really, Jay, like, like that's, yeah, I've, that's. I've been watching. Good. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, just whatever political activist kind of stuff. And one of the most common threads in American society, the white American society, is to emasculate the black man in any way possible. And everything you just said was done purposely in a multitude of ways to emasculate a black man. So I totally get why you're upset. It makes total sense. I'm, can I, I'm can sorry. I, uh, can I pose a question here? Go for it. Okay, so we're talking about uh, race in, in comics, basically. Right. So I I know it's a little bit off topic, but like, how do you feel when when in a in a when they're re redoing a series like when they're re relaunching the the, the world? Right. Like in Convergence or X amount of things. Right. How do you feel when 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 instead of creating a new character? And like, like maybe giving a chance to a new. How do I character. feel about window dressing? How do I feel about legacy characters getting a brown wash? How do I feel? How do I feel about legacy characters getting a gender dip? Uh, it's a great, it's a great point, and it kind of goes to what we've been talking about in regards to it's about sales. It would be great if they created more original characters of color, but people want the names that they're familiar with. That's why we're stuck with perpetual Bruce Wayne and as dope as Dick Grayson is, we'll never truly get Dick Grayson to get his own feet underneath him. You mean Rick Grayson? Yeah. Slick Rick. Um, but in general, in general, I like Nightwing it. Nightwing now, isn't he Nightwing? Can we just call him Nightwing at yeah. this point? Uh, don't well, don't you mean Talon? He, he has his own comic book. No, he's Talon. He's a cab driver. 
is his name Rick Rick? I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I, I, I don't know why they changed his name from Dick to Rick. That's stupid. But he, they they have pushed him or tried to. But it brought, yeah, legacy characters. They need to develop more popular minority characters from the ground up and people need to do it. I don't know if comic books right now is the genre to do that in. It might have to go to films, but. But I think that there is a successful formula. And to go to your point, Phil, Philip, he prefers to be called Philip people. I don't want to disrespect <laughs> Um But to go to that, that idea of the, the window dressing or the redressing, um, when it's done well, it can happen. Like, there's no problem for a legacy character to be redone. Miss Marvel, I think, is the greatest example because they took the name, but they completely switched the character up. They completely switched the origin up. And um, they, they recognize that what's selling? The legacy name. You just have to put that on. People don't, if you create a character that is interesting enough and is complex and has got depth the way that she does, as opposed to just being a bunch of check boxes, uh, you can do it well. But then there's, uh, who is the worst rebooted character? Now, obviously, I think, again, on a successful end is Sam, uh, is, is Sam Jack's Nick Fury. And the fact that that was laid out in the Ultimates and, uh, then brought to life several years later. But when you think about it, like think about how hardcore white Nick fucking Fury is, how Protestant white Nick fucking Fury is. And Sam Jack did it so well. His name recognition was so powerful. People were so happy to just see him that he slid in. Like you don't think about him not being that silver lined yeah, uh, when we were reading comic book drop, 100%, there's people that were getting pissed over like, they're making Nick Fury white. And then when they put him in a successful movie, everybody loved him. <laughs> you know, uh, um, and, and that could be the, that is the exact same thing that's going on in movies today with Miles Morales specifically, people going off the rails, like how are you going to do that to Spider-Man? Successful movie, movie. If I took my kids to the comic book store, it's Miles Morales and my daughter's like, hey, pick out whatever one you want. It's Gwen, it's it's uh, uh, Spider-Gwen or Gwenpool, you know? So they, they, can, they can rework these characters successfully um, with, with two things, the writers and the ability to push them uh, through other medias like, like film. Because you're going to be, they'll wallow in comic books. Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Back back to Rob's question about the worst reboot, like personally. But I don't, before we get out of Lucy's thing, but I don't want to undercut the importance of dope design and artists, like the artist, what they bring together. You can have a cool character. Night Thrasher's dope. He's not black when he's Night Thrasher. He's in his armor and he's doing his thing. We know he's black in there doing it, but that's not his he's not black night thrasher you know what i'm saying like that's not his name you know like um it's it's the character design i think plays as well of a role and oddly enough i feel like i shouldn't like the new miss marvel character design but i think it's dope ed what do you think is the worst character? i would like to say also on the other side of what you said there is black manta as well who we didn't know was black until later way later 
Um, worst reboot is definitely Asian Hulk, Amadeus Show. Whoa. Unne- unnecessary. Whoa. Doesn't, doesn't add depth to the character. He's already smart. Like any, and if anything, it almost um, cuts the Hulk's balls off by him being being who he is, which almost makes it seem like Asians are soft. That's interesting. I thought that the implication is of Amadeus Cho and Hercules's relationship, knowing Hercules's relationship with other sidekicks that he's had, oh, was a more was a more interesting thing that they never truly explored that I felt was constantly right on the horizons of being, again, representation and intersectionality of these minority characters that you can have come in. My issue with, uh, with Cho is that no matter what Bruce fucking, um, why can't I think, no matter what Bruce Banner looks like, no matter who draws him, he can have a skinny face, he can have a little squat face, he can be Mark Ruffalo, he looks the same as the Hulk. When Amadeus Cho comes, why do they draw this little baby face on this like big green fucking canvas? He's like he's always like little hair with a little wispy hair. And 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 again, it's like this design. It is the same thing. It's an emasculating move that they do for uh, characters of Asian persuasion, and they constantly uh, make them more effeminate than they they need to be. You can edit that out. I can't prove that. I'm gonna um, say something as far as emasculation. Um, it, it goes in fact to the, um, the the one of the older questions um, when Ed said, uh, you know, what they did right with minorities was uh, uh, Moon Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur. Um, I'm a Batwing fan, and I think they did that. They're starting to do it right. Uh, Luke Box was introduced um, as Batwing around a few years ago. And, you know, they put him in some of the DC movies with uh, Bad Blood and that Justice League movie. Um, and they put him in Batwoman. And Wait, that's probably... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Isn't he the next Batman? Or he is Batman right now in the comics? No, no, no. He's not Batwing. Uh, I mean, I mean, well, he's not Batman right now in the comic books. In the comic books, he's Batman's tech support. And because, you know, Alfred... Alfred can't be tech support and be his butler. Alfred's getting a little bit old. So he's Alfred tech can't support. be tech support fucking period, man. My mom can't fucking change her voicemail on her phone. Get the hell out of here. Alfred's working at a quantum computer. No, no, I mean, that that's where Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne got him in the chair. He's his tech support. Okay, I'll put it this way. Does Bruce, Wayne send to, does Bruce Wayne send Alfred to technical vocational school when he's out? Like, um, he's like, I'm going to be gone for like at least a month. I'm going to need you to bone up on the latest fucking technology. You got, you got to put Alfred in the Mobius chair for that to work. Uh, damn. You know what? That, that would be cool. I'd love to see him in the Mobius chair. <laughs> no, but, but no, but for right now, I mean, I mean, they've been making a running gag with Batman about, you know, it's a racial gag. Like, oh, Batman doesn't train white white kids to be his sidekicks anymore he trains black kids now because you know you know dick and and tim and dick and tim and and damien and uh you know jason they went on their own they took their own path so now they they're you know the signal if you know who duke thomas is the signal he's trained him and now he's got you know luke fox um i was gonna say the emasculation part comes from the tv show Uh, i made a post about it on fb Uh, i was kind of mad because they they went out of his character and it was more like he was 
kind of like he wasn't Luke Fox. The Luke Fox in the comic book, um, he's a UFC fighter. He's an MMA fighter. He's an MMA fighter. Uh, he does have his own company, Fox Tech. Um, he's currently dating Barbara Gordon right now. And isn't he isn't he ex military too? Yes, he is. He's ex military. Uh, he's ex military. Like I said, he's dating Barbara Gordon. Um, he's straight straight up badass. Now in the show, and I'm like, he's just this this geek, and Kate Kane is pushing him around. And I'm like, okay, are they doing this because they want to? They're, they're they're trying to pander to to the feminist fans. I'm like, oh, they want to show that Batwoman is strong. And don't get me wrong, I love Batwoman. Batwoman's a cool. She's a cool hero, but I mean, I know in the comic book, she. she hey, hey let me pause you for a second. I, w- I want to highlight something you just said and just uh, ask you to elaborate. You said when they did that character, they were pandering to a base. Do you think when they do it, like, how how are they pandering to that base? And if you're going to point that towards one individualized group, okay, of people, okay. Point that what I mean base. by that is that you know. What I mean by that base is like the LBGT base, and what I mean by that is the, that they want to show Batwoman in a higher light because she's clearly LBGT, and I get that because I mean this is the first show of a you know this is the first show that's representing uh, LBGT characters as far as like you know a, a Bat character, and I you know I understand that they they're trying to show her in a strong light. But I felt like they were downplaying the character of Luke Fox and emasculating him to to up. I mean, I feel like they could have kept that strong base of her character, but did not have to emasculate the masculinity of Luke Fox. I 100% see what you are saying, and I think that they did the same thing with Mr. Terrific on Arrow, and that was something that I didn't like. Oh, Oh, my God. And I was like, is this, like, I, I, I so wanted to be happy with it, and it just never sat right. And His name isn't Curtis, it's Michael Holt. <laughs> and so, again, like, you take this character, the Mr. Terrific that they had developed out of the comics, uh, the third smartest person in DC and, and all of yep. these other things, like, he was a solid, well-rounded, strong character who didn't have to come out and, like, again just be like I'm, I'm black i'm black i'm in your face i'm black he's like no i'm black and not only am i black when i uh hide my face it's just more black my face just gets blacker when i go and into my superpowers he cornrows his hair every time <laughs> exactly somehow cornrows puts uh, takes a lot of time to put on yeah, like how does he even like, do that he just suit up and- <laughs> like like Come on, I know people who do hair. Like that that's that's not even humanly you can't possible. Do that by yourself. That that's no. a, that's hard. The that's terrific hard. ball the terrific balls could just do it faster than you could. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry Allen was doing it. Okay, fine. We got the hair. You know, and plus he wouldn't even serve as a sidekick to Green Arrow in the first place. That's not that's not Mr. Terrific. No. That's not him at all. Barry's braids. Come down for a, a come down for a quick fix. <laughs> oh god oh god man that's that's funny there's a market for that somewhere barry does it barry's braids oh god no 
All right, all right. So let's close out because uh, we were, uh, uh, hold on. I, I just want to touch on one character before we get out of here. My my most ridiculous stereotypical character, and again, I love New Warriors. It's when they introduced Rage. Ooh. What? And I like well. This hear me out. The kid, his powers being an angry black kid. <laughs> That's a power. Am I wrong? Is that his power set? Is that his power I mean, set? I never, I never thought about it like that. I, I, I never, I seriously never thought about it like that. That's why and, I'm laughing. Oh, and God. I think that the I, I, it's one of those things that I think that the idea was good. I, I mean, I was never a huge fan of of the luchador mask and. Um, the idea of, you know, the Shazam aspect of him being older, younger, and all that. But, yeah, completely. His whole thing is that I'm a frustrated, angry black kid, and I'm going to beat people up. I'm going to punch people because of it. I'm raging. I'm raging. I'm the raging Cajun. You made the Avengers. Got kicked out of the Avengers. Real quick. Because he joined – because he stole – he stole one of – because Night Thrasher told him to steal one of the Avengers jets. He didn't even want to do it. He, he was just like, oh, well, I'm a junior Avenger. Uh, I don't think I can do this. We Go call that a sucker. It. We call that a poo butt sucker. You just got played. They interviewed him, and he was like, sometimes you want to do hood rat things. Do I get to do hood rat things on my time off? <laughs> he had higher clearance than them, and Night Thrasher just told him to do it. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll go do it. Okay, boss. Exactly. I want to say it with what he said. <laughs> all right uh so on that note we'll close out um i would like to say that i had a note of minority characters that i assume would get brought up and throughout this whole time i started crossing when you hear me say damn i started crossing people off i'm very proud of us that we did not bring up cyborg we also did not bring up rocket racer which i'm kind of sad about we did not hey. bring, we did not bring up static shock um, but I'm really sad that I forgot to mention the first Latino character, White Tiger, Hector Ayala. If you watch uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, you'll see an iteration of the character. Oh, yeah. female. But anyway, next. Can I say one quick thing? Just one sure. quick thing I, I want to bring out. Uh, you guys like Black Panther, right? Okay. Um, I don't, I don't like him, but I don't hate him either. Um, I don't feel that he represents me, my type of hero. I'm gonna ask you if you can relate to me on this, Strider. No, he's African. Um, yeah, he's African. No, we're both. Well, yeah, he's there's African. That, there's that gap that ends up happening here. Now, there's a difference between Storm being African in my mind than, um, than Black Panther, T'Challa, Storm. Uh -huh for better or less, assimilates to New York East Coast lifestyle. As soon as Storm goes punk, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, she's, she's, she's African-American at this point. She's black goth. She's fucking black goth. She put black goth on the, the map. map. She put black goth on the map. And uh, the problem with T'Challa, the problem with T'Challa, I'm going to say this, and most people, because they're you know, like, why you don't like Black Panther? I'm like, he doesn't represent me. And it goes to um, a different type of racism here. And um, I'm going to speak on it right quick. Um, we have racism in every race. Uh, whereas a black man, um, I've experienced this amongst uh, certain Africans. Whereas like certain Africans, they don't consider, you know, people like me or 
probably stronger, you know, you know, like that we're from Africa because we don't speak the dialect. Basically, we get the killmonger treatment. So, um, because of that, it showed that in the movie too. Showed that in the movie, which I will say that it showed that in the movie because Killmonger didn't speak the dialect, they didn't consider him one of them. So, because he didn't speak the dialect, he wasn't considered. Oh, you're well, you're not from here. You share the same skin, but you don't you don't speak the language and you don't speak the native tongue. So you're not considered that. Um, it's kind of like the way they, you know, it's certain things in the movie, like, oh, well, uh, what, oh, why do, why do they wear wigs? Like they made a comment about wearing wigs and, oh, I thought we were going to choke on Coachella. Why are we in the hood? And I'm like, that's sort of a racist thing to say. Yeah. um, Um, I think I, I hear what you were saying and I agree that I've always had the issue. Yes. It was great seeing Black Panther, but he lived in Wakanda. Like, they don't even give us like a real country. Like, you, like uh, to be super, we have to be fictional. We have to be completely made up. And, and there's a, a, like, that's a super, like you have, you have to be Superman. You have to be from another fucking planet to, to be uh, a hero. Uh, one thing that I do find interesting, uh, obviously what they did a two year run where Black Panther was that black guy from New York, um, Cody or something. And those were the hell's kitchen too and and again so like like you know and i think that those are great examples of trying to expand the character out because when you think about it that's a redress that's a window dressing of the character um but he just happens to they both happen to be black and we just don't think about it in that sense you know um i just i just think that black panther's character i don't feel he represents black people I, i think that he represents wakanda but he doesn't like represent. It's kind of it's kind of hard to say. On you know what I'm trying to say. I feel like he does not represent. He's not. He doesn't fit that more of black. I feel like he represents his people and his people only. Well, I, I think that. But I also think that we're taking. I think when you take Black Panther in the contemporary sense, especially post movie, as opposed yes. to when he was created in the Pan African movement, is a huge. Uh, social moment has huge social momentum in america in this idea of uh hey, not to mention he was named black panther at the time when the black panther party was significant in the united states uh t'challa predates the black panther uh party by two or three months the comic came out a couple of months before the party officially took their name as an interesting, as an aside, people don't know if they were if they were inspired directly by the comic book, but obviously or they were. They, or the comic book was inspired by them. No, no, the comic book comes out first. They're oh, they're wow. making a character named the Brown Bomber and all this other stuff where they ended up switching and ter- and then they made Cole wow. Tiger, which was Black Panther's first name. Hey, let me put this out there here right now for you. You need to do your own individual podcast on that because that question has been on my mind for years. What came for like, and I always thought that Black Panther came out after the Black Panther Party. Yeah, no. Uh, and like I said, like I haven't, I've heard anecdotal and I've never seen like people put it into quotations, but they, like I said, they, they were Berkeley college kids reading comic books that everyone else was reading 
So there's no reason why they couldn't have gotten a Black Panther comic book and research that shit and write a book, man. That shit is a big seller for real. Um, but I think that, like I said, it goes to that Pan-African movement and how that that switched and uh, no longer necessarily exists. And there is a truth that Black America needs a Black American hero to be established and not be a sidekick. Latin Americans need their heroes established. Uh, Mesoamericans, they need their heroes established. Indigenous people, they need theirs. Pacific Islanders and all these things. And not be, and again, not be a gimmick. Uh, I think the most successful window dressing before we get out of here, but it's not necessarily comic, is Aquaman. Like that was the most sensible Oh yeah, fucking a Hawaiian? Yeah, why yeah, yeah. Of course. He's in the he's in the water three fourths of his life. He was probably born in in the water, you know, like so there's just a natural bit of like, well, that just makes more sense than anything. Um and the fact that he that makes him related to Boba Fett, I believe he might be a Mandalorian crossover, Aquaman and Mandalorian. Aqualorian, you heard it here first. Get ready, 2021. <laughs> Disney wouldn't let that happen. Aquaman. I mean, it, 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 it made money for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I, I, will not, I will not deny that. But I will say that the window dressing and the fact that they did make Black Manta, they could have gone with some other character. Obviously, it would have pissed off everyone if they didn't go with Black Manta. But when you think about it, there's points. I mean, obviously, they make Ocean Master such a big villain at the end. But there's points where it's just minorities on the screen. Like, there's, there's a significant portion of that movie where there's just minorities on the screen. And they're, and they're front and center. And that's hella dope to me. Um, but talking about all this stuff with you, editor, you, you done a great job assembling this panel. You, nothing, Ed? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Um, on that note, Phil, Lucy, Jay, close it out in whatever order you choose and say whatever you want, where you're from, what you like. What turns you on? What turns you off? Whatever. Um, I enjoyed everything. Uh, I enjoyed talking about this. This is it's funny. It's funny. This is something I always want to talk about as well. So, you know, as far as you know, minorities and superheroes, and you know, it's not just African Americans. You know, it's all races. You know, it's I look at all races and stuff. I'm a big fan of Blue Beetle. You know, and Ghost Rider, and uh, you know. I mean, I mean, even feminist heroes as well. So, I mean, I enjoyed talking about this or what makes us, you know, what we do like with minorities and superheroes and what we don't like. And, you know, yeah, this does have to do with the, you know, the movement, uh, what's going on right now, you know, me being, you know, me out there protesting on the front lines. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, com um, minority superheroes played a big part in my life just as much as it did you guys. And, uh, I enjoyed it. Wish we can, um, we can do it again as a platform uh, to talk about this. I would love doing it. So, yeah. Um, thank you, guys. <laughs> that was fun. Well, take, uh, on note, we will do this again. There'll probably be movies next time. But uh, 
That was the most Philip thing ever. Yeah, it was. That was so close it out. Jay, Jay gives this man that was dope. The, these are the bullet points of why I really enjoyed it. I hope we could do it. It felt that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I wanted to say, I hopefully next time we do get to talk about film, because I I feel like um, I I want to talk some shit about uh, Christopher Nolan and Bane more more specifically I just I, I just feel like I need to get that out into the world so I hope I hope we can do this again and, and because it was fun